your product can either be a complete commodity or it can be completely differentiated and what I would like to call like fused within an organization. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Thursday, so this is our hashtag one team episode. Sangram and someone from the Terminus team discuss what they're learning at the moment and how it applies to you. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of Flip My Phone Podcast with my good friend, David Brzezinski. David, how you doing, man? Awesome. Good to be here as always. <laughs> All right. So this time, we've, we've David and I have riffed on professional services for the last few podcasts. This time, this is a completely new topic. This is where David, we were at an offside and he kicked us off with this incredible thing called essentialism scale. And uh, this is his own idea, which I think is probably a book idea somewhere there. At some point, you should consider doing something like that. But it was a really great way of thinking about positioning. Like, and, and I'm a big believer that if you don't position yourself, somebody else will position you. So it's important for... So this whole podcast is all around positioning, how you think about it, where you start, what is the history of it. And if you are in product marketing or you know of somebody in product marketing or if you're influencing that role, I think it's really important to understand where you fall on this scale. So David, man, this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And in all fairness, like I don't necessarily <laughs> know that I created this. I could have once seen it a million years ago yeah. and it's stuck in my brain. So I don't want to falsely claim I invented this. <laughs> All right, man. I, I've never seen it before. Okay. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it was remarkable as we went through it. So, so let's just see if we can go through it on this podcast. Before we start, as always, fun fact or uh, interesting thing uh, that you want to share. All right. Fun fact this time. So I've actually written two fictional books. Oh, you have? Yep. And self-published them under a pseudonym, which I won't give out on the podcast. <laughs> Because uh, I like writing creatively. So there you go. Wow. Was it recently or like long time ago? No, I would say last like five, six years. Beautiful, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll catch up after podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. All right. So what's the history? What, you know, why is this essentialism scale even interesting? Yeah. So one of the things that I like to do, I guess it's sort of nerdy, if you will, is I like to stay abreast to things happening in academia. Yeah. And then I like to see if it can be applied in the real world. Yeah. Right. I think that's kind of a neat source of like new best practices. Where do they come from? Right. Yeah. And one of the things I was reading about was from the Santa Fe Institute on strategy around, it was a case study on strategy and it was about a company called Rome and like the successes they had. And I started thinking about it and it started to make me think about some of the experiences I've had with, with brands and companies such as like salesforce.com. Yeah. And I started thinking about, Hey, why is this, what is it they're doing that's making them as successful as they are? Yeah. And that's kind of just where it came from. Yeah. So how important is it for companies to think about positioning as a discipline, something that is they, they should, should they be obsessing over this thing? Yeah. So I think absolutely. And that's sort of where the crux of the scale came from. So I was thinking, okay, from a product perspective, your product can either be a complete commodity or it can be completely differentiated and what I would like to call like fused within an organization. Okay. Right. And when you think about a product that's like fused within an organization, it's could I honestly operate my business without this? 
And yes, maybe, probably, but it would be a huge rip and replace that would take like forever, right? And so to give you, just throw some names of technologies out there, like think about Oracle ERP, right? Pulling that out or SAP or like Salesforce.com in a lot of situations, like unplugging that would be really hard. Well, you know, this also reminds me of like, I don't know if you remember, and some people might remember listening to the podcast, Marketo went down maybe a year ago yep. for like three days or something like that. Yeah. No, not even three days, like three, yeah, maybe, maybe a day. And all happened was the domain wasn't transferred. So whoever goes to marketer.com, they couldn't get on the, the site. And yeah. there was the Twitter was like flooded with everybody saying that, well, I, I don't know what to do. And all market is <laughs> going crazy or Marketo customers. In a way, I think that was amazing. Because that just showed the power that that marketing automation platform like Marketo has where marketers couldn't feel like they could do anything without Marketo. So it really was that, you know, and that was a really big, big challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And you think of the other side of the scale, something like a web browser, right? Like Firefox, IE, like someone says, guess what? We're going to use Chrome now. And you might say like, oh, that's a bummer. I'm going to have to transfer my favorites. But (laughs) really, it's like a commodity, right? Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So now that we know the little bit of the history, like describe this, like, you know, what, what, how do, how do people think through this And, and maybe also help us visualize this scale because I was in the room when you were drawing the scale and, and going through the presentation. Yep. It was fun. If people are listening to this, help them kind of visualize this scale. Yep. So think of an X and Y axis, yep. you know, make a big plus sign in your brain. Yeah. And then all the way over on your left, you're going to want to have like a commodity. Okay. Right. And then all the way over on the right, you're going to want to have fused or fully differentiated or ingrained or some word like that. I use fused because yep. it kind of wraps up. I like that. Yeah. And then the other part we haven't talked about yet is the vertical axis. Yeah. And on the bottom, you're going to want to have the word pawn. And on the top, you're going to want to have the word player. And so this becomes how essential is your main power user, point of contact, person that's operating this technology in an organization? How essential are they? Right. So what does that mean? It means you want to create a product that is not only really essential to an organization, but that the people that are using it day to day are become essential in their organization because they are the experts on that product. Right. So again, we let's go back to the Salesforce example. Not only is it so hard to unplug, but if you have somebody that's like a Salesforce certified admin or yep. advanced admin or something or developer certified, like that person is essential in your yeah. organization. Indispensable. You, you yeah. don't know what to do without them, right? And, yeah. and actually, if you need one, yeah. you probably go pay a pretty penny to get one. Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's like almost your business would be at a, like, you know, at a standstill all of a sudden because you can't run the reports and nobody can look at the data. And those jobs, like it's almost like there's an ecosystem around those people, right? Like yeah. those people are like highly, highly wanted because they're experts in that. And there are only a few people who could do that job. Yeah. And let's take an example of like a, a technology that could be fully fused in to an organization, but like doesn't have a, a player. They have a pawn, right? Mm. Which would be like Excel. Mm. So there's some organizations that use Excel for literally everything. And there's yeah. a lot of SaaS companies that say, use my product instead of an Excel word, you know, workbook you know, CRMs and whatever. Yeah. And, but there are organizations that use it everywhere. Yeah. And to the point where they've got so many workbooks that are running their business that if you told them you're going to swap out Excel for G sheets, they'd say, mm. no, I can't do it. Right. I'd, I'd have to recreate hundreds of formulas and all that formulas stuff. and everything. Right. right. But the people running it day to day using Excel are like, dime a dozen. like anybody yeah. can go in and use it. It doesn't yeah. take a genius. Right. So that, 
product would really benefit from like if when they sell it to an organization, yeah. try to get people to be certified on like writing macros and doing really advanced stuff. Yep. So now you'd have like a player in Excel. So Excel is even more sticky now. It's now mm-hmm. it's gone from the lower right quadrant to the upper right quadrant yeah. because now like you have people doing things in it for your organization that only they can do. Right. So that's how they could move up, if you will. Yeah. So you, you're also you're just not talking about the product. You're also talking about the person yes. as becoming almost the hero in that company. Yeah. And and saying that the value of your product in many ways could be almost defined by the person using it. And it's almost become so important that both for that organization, because they're valuing people yep. and they want people to do, and everybody knows the most important asset of your organization is the people. Yeah. But then if that person says, I want this technology, then that becomes the technology you use. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where, you know, the case study that we read from the Santa Fe Institute came into play was about this company, ROM. Yeah. And it was at a time where people were pulling out all their telecommunications and putting in new phones. Yeah. And the only people that knew how to do this were were like folks that partnered with Rom, like the people day to day. And they all of a sudden became so important yeah. that they were like writing their own checks of where they would go work because they needed somebody that was like a Rom expert. Right. <laughs> wow. So it was like that really like all of a sudden those people loved it so much that wherever they went, yeah, they took Rom with them yeah. and so on and so forth. Right. Yeah. So. So, so as we finish this up, share with us, like, why is it so important to be in the upper right quarter? What value if companies, if they're self-plotting, right? Again, going through it, if you're going from player all the way down or commodity to fused, yep. like, you know, what quadrant do you want to be in and why? Right. So I would say finding something in your technology that makes it indispensable, where it really becomes part of the everyday business operation. It's not like a nice to have, but it's a must have. And it and just like your Marketo example, like they didn't even know how to continue marketing without it. Yep. You know, when you're thinking about product feature functionality release, like thinking about is this making it where it's more ingrained in the organization? And then secondarily, thinking about how you're empowering and enabling the power users, the admins that are utilizing your technology where they become more valuable to their own organizations. Are you giving them customized certification programs? Are you training them to extend the use of the product by themselves? A lot of companies like to have value-added services where we'll come build some custom application for you or yeah. a widget or something with APIs in order to you know extend the benefit of this. But why not train the people that are using your product to do that? Yep. And then they do it themselves in their company and it makes them even more valuable. Totally. Right? Yeah. They, they become advocates. Man, this is so amazing. Like, you know, I'm so I was so already excited about this thing, but this actually made me think about something that I wasn't initially was it wasn't just about the technology, but it's also about the people that's running and powering that technology. And that is such a big part of this thing. So as we wrap this thing up, think about a challenge that you want to give to the people as we wrap uh, with every podcast lately. So what I gathered is this is a really good mental. So if you want to like re-listen to this podcast, it's probably worth it and plot this, this chart where it goes from commodity to fused and from player to pawn and, and think about where you actually fit in this, these, these four different quadrants, because you may be in the quadrant that you want to be, you need to be, or you may want to move in a quadrant. And I remember like, I'm looking at, at your slide right now, David is where Dropbox was more on the bottom right quadrant, as opposed to Salesforce is a player and is also fused because everybody in the organization wants it. And there are super users of that 
that will not let let them rip Salesforce. Like imagine like in a, going to an organization that has Salesforce administrator and they say, we're going to change Salesforce and use Zoho from now on, right? Nothing against Zoho, but if it's so ingrained, you know, the super users are probably going to say no and you can't rip them out. So think about that. And then as a, as a marketing practitioner, if you're in marketing and sales listening to this, like positioning is really one of the most important things that you could do for your organization is making sure you're always figuring out how you're positioning your company or knowing how you're going to get positioned because the reality is if you don't do that, somebody else has already done that for you. You don't want to be on the other end of it. And the last part is, man, the people that that is so important. If you have power users who care about it, they're going to make sure that your product is used if they are using it daily. So as we wrap this up, what's the challenge you want to give to everybody? All right. So the challenge, if you don't already have a customer advocacy board, right? Mm. So for your technology or your solution, whatever it is that you're selling to the market, if you aren't already having a customer advocacy board, start one. If you do have one, make sure it isn't simply like, what do you think about our roadmap, right? Make sure it's what could we be doing to help you do your job better or for you to reach your customers more or have more success like and then bring them into your product release planning itself mm. do like design thinking workshops really make sure they know that what you're building is going to further help their business and mm. them as professionals and i think that's an amazing challenge is, is if you're not doing that do that and start reaping the benefits of having that type of relationship uh, i love that i think everybody says customer centric organization customer centricity is everything very few people actually do it so yep. that was a great one david again thanks All so right. much man appreciate it you've been listening to the flip my funnel podcast to make sure that you never miss an episode subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.